Welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 117 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Hiltaka. Thanks for joining me again today on the podcast. We've got an action-packed episode for you. Um, we've got uh, we've got some interviews, we've got some clips, we've got news. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. And um, I guess one of the things Tracy and I were talking about today was we are getting a lot better uh, because we're having to deal with the television format where you have to say a lot in a short period of time. We're getting a lot better in condensing our message down. I'm sure you're all breathing a huge sigh of relief uh, that we'll be getting to the point a little bit better. But you know what? That kind of development takes time. You do it over time. But anyway, uh, so great episode coming up. But before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Vortex, the force of optics. So I'd like to thank our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast. We really appreciate it. You can check out all their great gear at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. And our great friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers chapter of Safari Club International. Um, they do a lot of great work over there. Obviously, they support the CCFR radio podcast. That's a big deal. Uh, but they do a lot of great work for the community. So you can check out all that great work over at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com. Um, also, I'd like to mention our friends over at CTOMS. CTOMS Academy provides life-saving training in trauma care and human performance. And it's perfect for outdoor enthusiasts, hunters, shooters, anybody that wants to be prepared for emergencies. You can check out all of their great, great courses and products over at ctomsinc.com, ctomsinc.com. And finally, the great people over at North Pro Sports in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. You can find firearms, ammunition, archery, cold weather gear, all kinds of stuff. You name it. Uh, over at North Pro Sports. You can check them out at northprosports.com. That's northprosports.com. Okay. Um, thanks to our new sponsors for coming on board. And uh, we really appreciate the help there. Okay. Now, uh, I got a couple of things to go through with you. And uh, let's start with the C CCFR Radio on the Air. Our television show on Wild TV is over. I delivered the last episode yesterday. So I can't tell you how relieved I am because it was a tremendous amount of work. I, I tell you, if, if you had to work in television doing something like a talk show, like a daily talk show kind of thing, I can only imagine, well, I, I understand how much work that is, finding guests and, and, and sending the questions to the guests so they kind of understand where the, where the angle of the interview is going and doing production and hosting the thing and trying to get it right and all that stuff. It was a, to do a weekly show um, on a weekly deadline, no matter what's going on in my life or the CCFR's life or whatever has been really challenging, but we did it. I was never late with one episode out of 13, uh, 13 in a row. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it was over from a work perspective. Um, although I don't have any real metrics to determine how effective it was, whether it did mobilize a lot of people in our communities to start getting interested, right? If you remember the reason why we're doing a show on a hunting channel, right on, on an outdoor channel. Um, but I think it, I think it did. And as the shows progressed, they got better and better. I mean, I, I, I would, I would say I saw myself getting a little bit better as far as that format's concerned, because it's, I guess you could say it's scripted, but I just write points down just like I do for the podcast. Although I have very short spans of time to get a point across and not end up looking like news where they just throw you a little snippet 
try to spin, you know, try to um, uh, put a um, direction in your mind and then just leave it, right? Never giving you really enough information to to really have an informed opinion. So anyway, it was a, it was a challenging project, and I think it made me a little bit better uh, at the media stuff that we do. So anyway, um, as far as uploading all the uh, episodes, we own the show, uh, so we can upload all the episodes to the YouTube channel. I don't think they're going to get a lot of views because a lot of the content that I used for the television show was the same that I used for the podcast other than the interviews. So you might be interested to see these 13 interviews. They're kind of neat. So uh, I probably, I don't know, I'm thinking maybe three weeks from now, somewhere around there, I'll uh, I'll do a mass upload. I'll spend a day and just upload all the episodes and turn it on. You can check those out if you want. As far as... Um, Continuing on with what we were doing there at Wild TV and the effort that we're we were trying to, uh, you know, the the goals that we're trying to achieve and raising awareness of this political issue that even hunters are involved in. We'll talk more about that in a second. Um, I'd like to continue to do stuff on television. I think we will be doing a monthly update show, although that's not set in stone. And then maybe a second season in January. I don't know. That's a long way away. But uh, but anyway, that's. It may be in the cards. We'll have to see. There's a lot of moving parts, as you know, with the CCFR, with the environment in Canada, with me personally. So we'll have to see what happens there. But anyway, that's that's the future of the show. Um, and I'm I'm actually pretty proud of how it turned out. So I can't wait for you guys to have a look at that. Uh, next thing, as you know, the latest provisions or the last provisions of Bill C-71 that was passed, uh, got received royal sent a few years ago are coming into force, and that is a new long gun registry. And it's funny how much focus the liberals are are um, paying towards telling people it's not a long gun registry when, when it, in fact, is a long gun registry. And I'm going to give you the details just to make sure that I'm not speaking in broad terms and that you have all the information. And I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to know about it uh, in about two seconds. But I think to introduce it, we should hear from uh, Marco Mendicino, the Minister of Public Safety himself, about what's going on. We are here today because we believe strongly that Canadians deserve to feel safe in their communities. Effective May 18, individuals and businesses transferring or selling a non-restricted firearm will need to confirm the purchaser's identity and validate that they hold and are still eligible to hold an appropriate firearms license validate the transferee's license information to the Registrar of Firearms and obtain a reference number from the Registrar in order to proceed with the acquisition. And this all can be done easily and instantaneously through the Canadian Firearm Programs Portal, which is available online 24-7. Well, um, you know, again, the first thing I just want to be clear about is that this is not a registry. You'll hear from some uh, who will try to characterize it as that. And I just want to be abundantly clear that that is not what we are doing um, uh, today. Point final. Okay, there he is. So um, a couple of important things. Obviously, I put um, little fade to whites, right? So little white flashes between where I made the cuts. That is a highly edited, incredibly edited, uh, whatever, one minute and 15 second, whatever it was, um, clip of an interview that was 40 minutes long. Okay, so if you want to find the entire interview, you can go to the CPAC YouTube channel and just scroll down the videos and you'll see it or go right to um, CPAC.ca, I believe, yeah, CPAC.ca, 
and you can find that video. Just type in Marco Menachino, which is what I did in the search bar, and you can find the whole interview. I would encourage you to watch it because context is important. And I never want to be that person that's doing the things that I accuse other people of doing and, and you know, of, of how and, and talking about how elaborating on how damaging it is when they do those things. So check out that whole interview. Uh, but here is the upshot. Here's the takeaways. Okay. Um, all right. Private transfers of long guns, non-restricted firearms. The information on the buyer, the buyer's information will be captured. The seller's information will be captured. Okay, buyer and seller by the government. The government will then provide an approval if they approve of that transfer. Then the government will issue a reference number. Definitely not a registry. <laughs> okay, now to be clear, the only information that's not there is the information on the firearm itself. All the rest of that is exactly like the long gun registry was before. Okay, so anyway, but it gets worse on the retail level. Uh, retail transfers of non-restricted firearms, long guns, remember. Um, the buyer's information will be captured, okay, uh, for 20 years. The information on the firearm, make, model, serial number, everything will be captured. The government will provide approval and a reference number. 100% long gun registry right there. That's that's 100% of it. And in fact... It even um, it even is. I'll tell you another way that it's sim that's not similar, but it's identical, because when the long gun registry was and the police could consult the long gun registry anytime they wanted, they could, they had any police officer had access to that. I believe even in the car, they so they could grab that information like literally any of them. And now it's the same thing because what Marco Mendicino and the rest of the liberals decided to do that even this even though this is kept at the store level, a police officer can wander in. Um, and apparently they'd have to have reasonable cause to wander in and, and inspect all of these records whenever they like. And then when asked about it, Marco Mendicino says, well, uh, they, uh, you know, they have to have reasonable cause. And then the reporter, I forget who it was, said, well, what's reasonable cause? And he said, well, they'll determine what that is. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you couldn't make this stuff up. So that is 100% of the long gun registry back again. So really important. Now, as of today, I'm recording this on Wednesday. I don't know if I'm going to get the podcast up today because I got a lot of things uh, that I got to do. But if if so, it comes into force today. Um, if you're watching this tomorrow, which is Thursday, that would be the latest, which would be the 19th. It, it came into force yesterday for you. So anyway, that's, that's the important thing. So while the liberals were jumping up and down pre-2015 and then from 2015 even to today, you saw it yourself. And they're just like, this isn't a long gun registry. And don't don't listen to people trying to misinform you that it's a long gun registry. I mean, this it's like that's literally gaslighting, right? It is a long gun registry. It is like ninety five percent the same as it was before. You know, it is what it is. And if you notice, if you remember back when you just saw Marco Mendicino, when somebody asked him that question, he started talking about long gun registries. Did you see how his eyes started shifting around? Like he knows this. You know, I can only imagine that he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, but anyway. One more point uh, on that I'd like to say is, uh, like to cover is that, you know, when we hear about things, you know, Bill C-71 starts coming down the pipe and there's, there's, there's news and people are talking about it. And then you have the naysayers and the, you know, like, oh, it's not really a long gun registry. Oh, the gun lobbies, it's all hype. And, and even, I think even gun owners, right? It's like, well, that's, you know, that'll never pass. And we always think 
this will never happen. And we always come up with justifications or reasons why it'll never happen. It won't be as bad as we think until it's here. And guess what is here now? The long gun registry is back. The only missing piece, only one missing piece is the information on the firearm when it comes to private transfers. And if you don't think that it's, that we're one shooting away of some unlicensed individual with imported guns, illegally imported guns, for not if we're one shooting away from them saying, you know what, it's just too dangerous. We need to have the information on the firearm. And luckily, we re rebuilt the entire infrastructure, that $2 billion infrastructure for the long gun registry. So and we left a little space in there for that. Okay. Now, one other thing I, I will I will mention. Having police, having the ability to just walk up, like it's if you have if you can trust the government and you can trust law enforcement completely, then it's 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 great if they have more information because they can they have access to information in, in which to solve crimes with. Like that's that's objectively true, right? There's no way around that. But in in the messy world of reality that we live in, we can't let police have every scrap of information because it diminishes uh, our ability to live our lives, have privacy and things, and privacy is important. And obviously that information can be misused. So right now, as of today, police can walk up to a counter and ask for anyone's information anytime and tell nobody. And I'll, I'll give you a, a, a one example of why that's not good, okay? So when I first became uh, an instructor for the RCMP Canadian Firearms Program, I got contacted by a firearms officer from the program. And I was like, oh, am I in trouble already? I just started. And this individual said, no, 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 no. Um, just so you know, this is a personal call. This isn't a call on behalf of the firearms program. And uh, this guy was, this firearms officer was inquiring about my business, civil advantage firearms training back in the day, right? And he's, and so he said, well, I'm calling to see if there's a, you know, maybe a way we can partner up. I have a partner. We're starting this uh, huge new business. We're going to have a, a big training facility and we're going to be doing like the firearm safety course. And we're doing all this stuff for law enforcement, the big dream, the business dream. Well, it turns out that firearm officer was convicted of getting into a partnership with an active duty Surrey RCMP member that was working, I think working in drugs. And the two of them were trafficking firearms. And I think there was drugs. Um, I, you know, I can't remember all the details right now, but you can look it up. And basically what uh, what these people would do, and this is my understanding of the facts, is they would uh, the firearms officer would get calls from people wanting to surrender firearms or have firearms removed from houses or whatever. He would call his buddy, the RCMP officer. The RCMP officer would go there, collect the firearms, and somehow those some of those firearms were getting sold to gangs. Okay, and, and these guys got convicted of these things. And I just didn't read the entire case. So forgive me for the details, whether, you know, they're, I'm missing something or I'm paraphrasing or whatever. Those two individuals also conspired to try to destroy one of their competitors, which was a large firearm, um, firearm business here in the lower mainland of British Columbia. And what they did was they even had a high risk warrant served on their offices and the homes of the family that owned that business. And the individual of that family uh, the individual that owned the business sued them and was successful in, in getting a, a payout, is my understanding, from the government for them actually abusing that power and putting them through this ordeal for, I think, four or five years, maybe six years. Okay. So, do I trust the government and its minions implicitly? No. Do I trust them? Do I give them the benefit of the doubt? Yes. So, is there a downside to people being able to walk up? Get all kinds of information, including your address, what you own, the types of firearms, the make, model, serial number, your password, 
you know, for your, your PAL account, your, you know, your address, all that stuff. Is there a downside of that? You bet there is. So anyway, just we deal in facts here at the CCFR radio podcast, whatever it is, we deal in facts and they're reasonable. So these are some of the reasons and forget about the argument against regist- uh, long gun registries and firearm registration. I Hopefully you all know what those are already. Okay. Anyway, what I want to do now is I want to play you an interview I did yesterday with, with um, Serge and, uh, and Patrice from KDEX Defense. They, over at KDEX Defense, they make a variety of different products and whatnot. But when it comes to complete firearms, they make only one action of firearm, and that's bolt action. These are dressed up, super accurate hunting rifles, basically. And they were accused by Pauli Sessivien, the most active and in a lot of ways toxic. Um, well, not more toxic than the doctors. The doctors are more toxic, in my opinion. Um, but an incredibly toxic uh, anti-gun organization in Canada. They got accused of, of being a, an assault weapons manufacturer. Anyway, check out this interview. All right, we're back. So via Skype, I've got my special guests, Serge and Patrice from uh, KDX Defense. How are you, gentlemen? And great. Very good. Thanks for inviting us. It's my pleasure. Uh, okay, so the reason why you're on is we have a, a bit of a story to tell, which is kind of interesting. But before we get started, some people may not have heard of KDEX before. Uh, do you want to give just kind of a, a quick uh, a quick summary of what your company's all about? Yes, we uh, we are a manufacturer of uh, gun rifle uh, from A to Z. Hundred uh, percent of the gun is manufactured in our facility in uh, in Quebec, Canada, uh, and one hundred percent of all what we are producing here is manufactured, designed by us, by, uh, part by part. So we're quite uh, proud as Canadians uh, uh, to get this uh, success story in in some ways. All right, so um, let's let's get started with the story itself. So as the story goes, there was there's a very prominent, probably the most active anti-gun group in Canada, which is Polysysivien, and they uh, they tweeted out, and I'll I'll just read the tweet and we'll we'll dis- dissect that after. But the tweet is uh, Pierre Polyev happy to visit an assault weapon dealer, military grade products intended for civilian market, focusing on job creation rather than the risks to public safety associated with the availability of such weapons. So, uh, and of course some hashtags, pro gun lobby, hashtag no thanks, uh, that kind of thing. So they're accusing you of being an assault weapons manufacturer and uh, which is which is ridiculous. So how, how does that make you feel as, as, as people that own and work in a, in a business? Well, as the owners of this company, I'm not happy of that. Been accused of something we we never done. Definitely, it's a, it's a big problem. Uh, KEDEX never have produced or worked on the design to make a complete, let's say, assaulting rifle, semi-auto, or or any of these guns. We've been focusing on the hunting precision uh, precision rifle uh, since uh, since the beginning, and on the statement that you're saying you're also we also kind of stipulate that we have to take a politic positions which at the end of the day we didn't have any intent to jump into any kind of like party or politic or supporting necessarily one more or, or the other we try to stay as neutral uh, we receive an in a request for a visit to our factory we were very proud to show to the Canadians uh, who we were and that was it uh, in our case 
Yeah, and and apparently to to talk about your company or to invite a politician in for a tour has now exposed you to politics. Um, compliments of Paulicevian, the uh, the anti gun lobby in Canada. So just just to kind of boil it down, here here's the salient points. Kadex does not make full autos. Kadex does not make semi autos. You guys make bolt action rifles for military because they use bolt actions for some things and for civilian for precision shooting and hunting. Correct. Yeah. That's correct. Well, the funny part is military never had a, a special gun was just for military. Military always look what Hunter was using and basically they start to use the same product. So there's no such of military sniper rifle or anything like that. It's uh, just a, a precision bolt actions gun that any Hunter uh, uh, use into, into the country. Yeah, well, in fact, some some of the products might even be too heavy for a hunter to pack around. But nonetheless, they're not semi-autos. So now when you think about the, you know, you've, you've mentioned that you're, you've tried to stay neutral. You've tried to just do your business. You're in full compliance with the law. You're not even making anything controversial. And yet you you have this anti-gun group kind of dr- trying to drag you into politics. And, that, and for all intents and purposes, try to hurt your company. And I, I mean, like, how, how does that make you feel as an owner? Angry, uh, disappoint, for sure. I've uh, been accused of something that you never done. It's definitely something harsh, uh, something that definitely will hurt. Uh, the company hurt jobs or hurt, uh, hurt everything in general. Yeah. yeah, we always done our business, you know, uh, 100% compliant with all the Canadian regulation, uh, either for export or either for selling, you know, to uh, sporting goods, you know, guys that like to enjoy and shoot targets on weekend, you know, at long distance or precision shooting at local club. So we always been operating within these established uh, uh, regulations. So it kind of took us off guard. We never expected to be associated with something uh, like that, you know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty tough situation, and uh, unfortunately, it's not unique. Uh, this group does that to a lot of people, but um, that's certainly you know trying to trying to paint your company into something that you know as something that it's not is definitely not increasing public safety. Um, all right, anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Uh, We think that the entire Canadian industry of hunting should be uh, definitely felt that they're part of this, uh, thinking that they're not, uh, they should not be involved. I think everybody should be concerned about uh, this, these, uh, these progressions of these type of acquisitions, which at the end of the day, it's really to frightening the the industry and basically try to ban probably all guns eventually, including the just bolt action guns. Yeah, this is the proof that there's kind of no limit at the end of the day. So if you're a hunter and you think that you're not concerned, I guess you're concerned now because that's direct attack on bolt action rifles. Yeah, that's that's an that's an absolutely critical point, and I I don't think I could have said it any better. Um, all right, well, thanks so much for coming on, um, and uh, we'll keep an eye on uh, on the rest of this and see where it goes from here. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Rod. Thank you. All right. So what wasn't in that interview? was when you break it down, you start thinking like, how, wh- what what kind of person doesn't care about what's real or not and goes after somebody and tries to hurt them, tries to paint them with a brush that's completely inappropriate, right? I've had that done to me. Well, probably on a, on a regular basis, it probably hasn't happened for a few weeks, but I mean, I've had it done to me nonstop since, you know, we started this CCFR thing, 
right? And actually I had a bit of a reprieve for about a year and then it started and it's been going on for about five years, right? This is what happens all the time. Did I say this? No. Did you say I said that? Yes. Right? So, uh, and now it's, it just, it just shows how, how ridiculous you can't take any of these people seriously. They're not serious people. And this is what's been missing from the conversation in Canada around guns is a serious, honest, fact-based, reasonable conversation around firearm-related violence, um, the benefits of owning guns, why that's important, uh, what the what the balance in be between public safety and and the freedoms to own firearms, what those are, and 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 have uh, a far more intellectual and reasonable conversation about what that balance is. Like this is this is what's needed if you really want to want to get the best solution for everybody. But it's just it's a war of propaganda, unfortunately, and it's it's really it's really difficult to see if we'll you know to understand or or speculate if we'll ever see the end of it. Anyway, all right. I spent enough time on this. Thanks for listening. Uh, let's uh, let's get um, Wilson on the Skype right now. All right, via Skype, we've got Tracy Wilson. Wilson! Kill Tactical! How's it going? It's going okay. It's a nice sunny day here in Ottawa, so it's good. Awesome. It's raining as usual in BC. It's a crazy, horrible Shocker. spring. Well, by now, we're usually partying. Like, like about a month ago, we'd be partying outside and everything's great. Uh, it's well. just like summer, but no, not this year. We were 35 degrees and sunny last weekend. It was killer. Well, it's cold and rainy. I'm still waiting for global warming. I'm 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 rooting for it actually. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? Point. That's going to be on Twitter like later today. It's like, oh yeah, this guy's rooting for global warming. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You're on the hit list now. Yeah, you know, that's the life we lead, though, right? You know. Oh yeah. It's a bizarre world, but anyway. Um, okay, so we got things to talk about. Let's get started. Um, so as uh, as most people know, and as I mentioned in the intro. Uh, those last few provisions from Bill C-71 were implemented. Uh, we're recording this on May the 18th. I might even have this podcast up today, which is Wednesday. Uh, today, it is now the law that the new long gun registry has come into effect. And um, and yeah, now there's all of these requirements. You have mm -hmm. a little bit of a report on all the infrastructure built so that people can be in compliance so they don't go to jail because these are all criminal offenses. What what does the government what does the government have for us, Wilson? <laughs> well, a whole lot of nothing. This is the problem. Um, it's funny, I've been talking with our counterparts over at the CSAA because of course, yeah, as you know, there's the two different measures. There's the reference number for transfers for individuals, and then there's the store record keeping um, registry. So we've been talking about both of those. And it's funny, the all the retailers across the country received a bulletin from the RCMP outlining all the information and data that they're required to collect on uh, the sale of a firearm and, of course, maintain those records for 20 years. But they were not told how to maintain that records. And by by that, I mean, like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about like a book full of paper, a binder? Are we talking about some sort of Excel spreadsheet or, you know, something stored in the cloud, sticky notes? chalkboard. I don't know. So they don't seem to know either. Um, you know, of course, different stores have different abilities and capabilities, depending where they are. Some places don't even have internet. So it's a huge mess. Nobody knows what to do. Um, and then, of course, there's the portal for uh, individuals to go into. And of course, this is hosted on the RCMP Firearms Program website under the individual web services tab. So I tried to log into that yesterday. I couldn't even log in to the web services, let alone find a portal. 
Um, I've seen some screenshots from the CSAAA on the business end of it. I don't know how similar the individual end will look, but I wish I had more for people. But here we are in the 11th hour. We're about to have all these measures um, become law and as of today, and uh, I can't access any of it. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a mess. And, and I had said on, on our television show, um, you know, I tried to log in there too, and I'm an instructor with the program and I have a VA valid PAL and I've, the last time I uh, renewed my PAL, I did it online or whatever. I tried to log in. It said that my username was revoked. Like it used that <laughs> word revoked. And I, well, that I, sounds serious. Well, yeah. And like, I don't know what that means. Um, oh. that's a very specific word. So I don't know if it's just like, oh, our system's down and that's the error message that we have or Rod, you're in trouble. You've been talking too much. You've had too much to think. Um, I don't, I don't know. What that, <laughs> I don't know what that means. So anyway, it's a bit of a mess. And it, and obviously that makes it very uh, difficult for people to comply with the law. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I could, I, could I go, don't know either. Yeah. We could go right down the rabbit hole if we wanted to, but it's, I don't think it's useful. Um, Anyway, we'll report as soon as we hear something. Make sure that you're signed up for the uh, the CCFR email newsletter because the minute that we hear stuff, we'll blast it out there too. Um, but um, as I have said in the past, we send one email out a week. We don't send emails every day and spam the hell out of you so you start ignoring them because usually the stuff that we send out is fairly relevant to your mm -hmm. life as a gun owner. Make sure you're on that, on that list. So uh, go to uh, firearmrights.ca, scroll right down to the bottom. You'll see a button there that says join email newsletter if you're not um, on our email list. And of course, it costs you nothing. You know what it costs you? It costs you two minutes. So get yeah. on there so that we can let you know uh, when we know. Anyway. All right. Next thing. Uh, CPC deadline for um, membership to vote in the leadership election. That's right. As you know, we're not going to go through the whole spiel, but we've got a CPC leadership election for the Federal Conservative Party. You have 16 days to become a member and have your say. If you're not a member, you don't get a say. So make sure you uh, go ahead and do that. Um, yeah, 16 days to go. And uh, then, of course, if you aren't a member, you'll have to watch and see what everyone else chooses. Yeah. Yeah. You can't uh, can't win if you don't play. Um, That's right. All right. Now, here's an interesting thing. A story came out, and I think it was the National Post, about yes. uh, Jean Charest, uh doing some vote packing uh, using liberal um, election lists. Yeah, that's right. So the National Post uh, reported on Monday that there was an email that went out and it specified right at the top that it was a request uh, from Jean Charest. It went out to liberal voters in Quebec uh, trying to recruit them to get federal uh, conservative memberships and vote for him in leadership. So uh, it's pretty questionable. A lot of people actually talked about this on Twitter before the story came out. Um, and it's funny because it's, you know, I thought, well, come on, that's that's silly. That won't happen. Sure enough, it did. Now, Jean Charest's team is saying that it was an ill-advised volunteer that did it, threw that guy right under the bus and said that they did not ask for, for this pitch. So so we'll see. But yeah, that's a problem with these um, membership sales by the candidates, of course, um, is tapping into liberal voter lists to get them to buy conservative memberships. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a little um, a little concerning. But I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, you can ask anyone to become a member of a political party and anyone can 
you know, it's almost like people accusing us of having certain people that are members. It's like, well, I can't control who who's a member of the CCFR. Um, although if I were canvassing certain communities looking for members and, you know, they didn't fit with our mandate, then that might be questionable. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to know what to uh, what to think about that. But I think anyone that's a conservative um, and and is living in such a polarized Canada right now would be concerned that their political party is is people are attempting to pack it with liberals. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly it. So, yeah, a little concerning in an ideal so we'll world. We all just it. get along. But you know, whatever. Can't we all just get along? Can't we just. Uh, all right. Uh, quick reminder about National Range Day. It's coming up. 17 days. Yeah, yeah, 17 days to National Range Day. It is not too late to find an event near you or register yours at nationalrangeday.ca. Here in Ottawa, we are hoping for good weather because I've got literally a circus going on, as I've uh, said on the show before. And, of course, I got our friend Jim Shockey coming to Ottawa. He's going to be stopping by National Range Day at the Eastern Ontario Shooting Club and uh, walking around, talking to people, shoot some guns, spend some time with uh, with all the families out there, and looking forward to a really great day. Yeah, Jim's awesome. Jim's, Jim's awesome. great. Yeah, yeah. He he, uh, he makes himself available to do stuff when we need him to, and uh, and he really cares. And anyway, I, I can't say enough about him. He's a good dude. Yeah, good dude. Okay. Um, and then we have a provincial election coming up in Ontario, and it's actually relevant to gun owners yeah this is a really important one so 15 days from now we will be heading to the polls to elect uh possibly a new premier of ontario now of course the ontario liberal party so the provincial liberal party in ontario um leader stephen del duca has said that he promises within the first 100 days to fully ban handguns from licensed legal sport shooters Olympic athletes, whoever in Ontario, should he win. So I need every gun owner in Ontario who's watching this and tell all your friends to go to elections.on.ca. Make sure you are registered to vote in the upcoming provincial election and make sure you don't vote for Stephen Del Duca. Well, and you also have to make sure that you don't create a coalition government either. Right. Yes. So the, yeah. uh, the NDP in Ontario are just as crazy as the NDP in other provinces. So beware yeah. of them too. <laughs> yeah, like I can't imagine 15 days from now, you know, having a leader that uh, that's going to focus solely on sport shooters, right? Licensed gun owners. So, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's yeah, it, it's it's hilarious. You know what's interesting about that? And I think we already talked about this before, but just kind of of note, Evan Solomon actually took uh, Stephen Palooka to task on on what, yeah. whatever it was, power play or whatever he's hosting. Yeah, he really took him a task. He said, like, yeah. well, well, how's that going to deal with street crime? And, you know, he really asked questions. So it is it is refreshing, although very rare. It's refreshing to see that in mainstream media from time to time. I mean, that clip's old now. It's like probably a month old. But, but yeah, it's uh, – and you know, oddly enough, I haven't seen him talk about the handgun ban too much recently. He was talking well, about it for a while, but now, now yeah. it's kind of slid off the table. Well, I think he's realized it's not nearly as politically expedient for him as it is for the federal liberals. So um, he takes a lot of his guidance from the federal liberal party. And I thought I think he thought that would be it. That'd be a real ringer, but not nearly as popular, <clears throat> excuse me, as he thought it would be. Well, that's so. interesting. I wonder um, how <clears throat> he got the message. Um, anyway, I can only speculate. Polling. Yeah, polling. 
Uh, there's some other ways too. I think he saw a big pushback on social media. Um, oh yeah. And he's going to uh, he's going to see a lot more of that uh, coming up. Anyway, all right. I think we covered everything. I think so. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, and we will see you in the next episode. We'll see you then. All right, that's going to do it for episode 117 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Make sure you share the podcast. Make sure you you let your, your gun friends know uh, what's going on and uh, so they can stay on the compliant side of the law, which is obviously really important. Um, one more thing I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor if you haven't already. It's not going to cost you anything, and it'll take you about two minutes. Do me a favor and um, and make sure that we can reach you by going to firearmrights.ca. Go to the CCFR's website. You can also get there, by the way, by uh, going to ccfr.ca. Go there and sign up for an email newsletter if you're not getting it. And if you are a member and you're not getting it every week, go into your junk mail and drag it over to your inbox and, and put a new rule in there. Make sure you don't it doesn't get flagged as spam because... Um, we could be erased off social media at any time. It's just getting worse. The liberals are passing laws to be able to do that, to insist that even for me to do a podcast, I may need a license from them to do it. Like how, this is an upside down world, man. Um, but anyway, do me a favor and get on our mailing list so that in case we go dark, something happens, we can get a hold of you. Okay, so that's really important. Uh, so again, go to ccfr.ca or firearmrights.ca, scroll down, Hit the button that says uh, join email newsletter or whatever it says and get on our email newsletter list. Uh, we only send one email a week. We're not going to spam you sending you emails every day or every three days or whatever once a week. And only if there's an emergency, we'll send an extra one. All right. Anyway, thanks uh, for watching. Make sure you share the podcast. Take care and we'll see you next time. This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.